everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master Dave, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Oh, books. Books and books and books. This is what our... Is this our second book in a row or third book in a row? What have we been mm. doing? Has it been three weeks since our retrospective of Kenobi? This would be our books. third book in a row, because we did Shadows <laughs> of the Sith. Yeah. Shadow of the Sith. And then we did The Last Desperate Mission. So, yeah. Third book in a row. Yes, and this nobody's is... Nobody's listening. And this is like maybe a quarter the length of the Sith book. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, yeah. If you if you listen to the... Uh, uh, the uh, abridged Audible... <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this is actually a 600... 20 page book originally but yeah i don't know how well you could translate that to time but it only ended up being like a three-hour book so no doubt so and for those of you at home who haven't read the title shame on you yeah. uh we're going to discuss uh new jedi order star by star troy denning yes troy denning we don't know that guy not at all never heard of him not at all except for things that we didn't read yet (laughs) (laughs) oh look folks so yeah we're gonna be getting into a little bit of legends today new jedi order is what the podcast was started on and we periodically dive back in here um we're kind of in the juicier part i feel of the story that's my opinion of it Mm -hmm. um and yeah, star by star is kind of where I start to get interested, like really interested in the series. Yeah, I think for this book, it's basically that moment where everyone is hooked or they're just pissed and they stop reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll have some stuff in there to talk about. And I'm sure. pissed. I'm never reading these books again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't believe that. But yeah. Yeah, we are uh we're getting very close to Andor. You know, if we were one of those, you know, reactionary things, I'm sure we could have made up a bunch of stories about all the current stuff that's coming out, right? Star yeah. Wars news. Should we start yeah. doing that for clicks? Oh my god. I don't know if my soul could handle it. It might just kill it. <laughs> I, I couldn't do reactionary and all that stuff. I mean, more power to those that do all that stuff, but uh, I don't I don't have the desire to be that on top of things with Star Wars news or any type of news, really. We tried. We tried to do that for a while. I think that this might be either episode 196 or 197. It might be 197 of the main show, because there mm-hmm. there's more. We're over 200 total episodes, but a couple of those were partials partial episodes that I did when we, I was just doing comics like on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could just stop what we're doing and just do reactionary stuff. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just throw a huge party for a 200 main episode and then just stop. <laughs> just stop. The countdown is on. <laughs> oh, boy. We aren't even going to get to Andor. <laughs> oh. Now nah, we'll definitely get to Andor. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we, we don't really talk about news, but I, I suppose I did just want to vaguely... I don't even know if I really want to talk about this sort of stuff, but, like, I know because you have always been a little bit more in the games. Knights of the Old Republic has been paused, and Eclipse has been in trouble ever since the con- whatever the controversy was with that studio exec. I think we mm-hmm. talked about that a while ago. We did. Honestly, I forgot about Eclipse. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So, I, I don't... I will say this. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, a remake, is probably one of the biggest things that people want. I would say, aside from the new not Fallen Order. What's, what's Survivor. the new time? Survivor, yeah. <laughs> but, and it, it's always been so beloved, but I don't know, man. I'll tell you... There has to be there has to be a change, I think, in the way Disney looks at gaming. Because the constant partnership with like EA, Dice, all this other stuff, it's like, can you pick a studio that doesn't suck or that doesn't have just some stupid crap going on? Like, can you can you maybe like just like I don't know, dude. Like, Make hey, not studio. hey. It's like I don't know. <laughs> who's a good studio nowadays? Is I don't even know many studios anymore. It's like, hey, Naughty uh, Dog, can you just take right. over? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Any, anything that doesn't have to do with like EA, Dice, the people who own GTA and Rockstar and all that. Yeah. <laughs> So any anybody but that. Let's get the guys that made God of War to make the next Star Wars. That wouldn't be that bad. That'd probably make, be awesome. Who makes God of War? Let me check. Yeah, it's not like I'm also not in front of a... Uh, uh, what studio makes Santa Monica Studio? Of course, there's Jet supposed to be a new interactive. There's supposed insane. to be a new uh, God of War too, right? Yeah, Ragnarok. They're going Norse mythology now. Hmm. Interesting. Kind of want to just get a PlayStation for that game, to be honest. I was like God of War growing up. Yeah, good game. The last one was uh, looked pretty good. Kratos with an axe. Yeah. Oh, so they're the guys that made, like, the Twisted Metal series and all of the God of War, not okay. just this one. I don't know. Star Wars has a game problem. You know, it's it just... I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. I, I really don't. But, hey, that's not really necessarily my big jam. Um, it would just be nice if they got a little better organized and actually plan things out a little bit more before announcing them. Be really nice. <laughs> yeah, and like not to be too picky, but we've been pretty picky lately, especially with um like the Kenobi series, you know, and how unpolished it was. I don't know, man. I, I I've said that um 
that like ILM is kind of feels behind the times. I'm wondering if Disney in general is starting to get behind the times because it's different putting out like animated stuff. Live action is different. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, Disney and gaming. What do you want? You want to, you want to go play kingdom hearts a few more times. Oh, sounds fun, right? Or fun. More Final Fantasy and whatnot. <laughs> there's a new Final Fantasy coming out too, isn't there? Yeah, there's two of them actually. <clears throat> never 16. got into those. I know a lot of people love them. Never got into it. They the story just seems really hokey now. I played a little bit of seven and mm. fifteen. That was about it. Apparently, seven's like a two part drop. I didn't realize they didn't release the entire game when it came out. They're still making it. <laughs> oh. Which is kind of weird. I know. I know it's a huge game. It was like a two or three disc game back then, but yeah, it's like a two part game. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'll just not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just. I don't get why they don't see the potential in video games. I mean. <laughs> well, I think they, they, see they the already p- make a decent amount of money off all the Lego stuff like marvel and whatnot so i don't see why they wouldn't just double down on it i mean i think they do see the the potential i just don't think that they pick the right studios to do this stuff and i'm not saying that the studio that was supposed to take this over might they might have done a good job i don't know anything about them i just know that now it's being put on hold because there's probably some bullcrap and that honestly has been being it's been exposed here recently a lot more like with blizzard all their internal issues um and so forth the toxic environments that a lot of those gaming uh companies have mm-hmm. and uh it's funny it's funny because you know these games are supposed to be they're fun they're supposed to be an escape Ism. They're supposed to capture your imagination, make you think, make you play, keep your mind active, waste time, whatever. But by God, some of these studios suck. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not that, and I'm not talking about like their quality. I'm just talking about them as people. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the culture around game development's always been kind of crappy, but it definitely seems like you're seeing a lot more bubble up to the surface now with just internal abuse with employees mm. and yep. forcing people to work like 90 to 100 hours a week and whatnot what's well, unrealistic dead uh deadlines yeah. you know it's, I mean, it's un- unrealistic now, expectation to be fair to the employees unless you just hire twice as many people a good game should take like five six seven years now to make well, not, not these like two, three year windows. And sometimes you can just kind of get into development hell with that, where you kind of lose the point of the game because you've been developing it so long. I mean, look at Elder Scrolls, for God's sakes, that's been 10 years and we're still waiting on six. 2011 so, for yeah. Skyrim. Yep. And still huge modding community. They've at least let people do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll just say this. Does a game need five years to complete? Honestly. Mm, Depends on the game. And if you already have the framework, like if it's a sequel and you kind of have everything already built around the skeleton of it. No, not necessarily. Just seems like things are more difficult to make now. 
Yeah, and I'm not in any of these places, but like I do work in a large corporate structure and I see how things can grind to a halt. But it just seems like it shouldn't take as long. It shouldn't be at quite as complicated as it is. Mm-hmm. But because um, I knew I know people have still been waiting, uh, like with Skyrim GTA, when's a new GTA? Everybody's yeah. still running on on old GTA, all the RP servers, all that stuff. What is it? Five GTA Five. Yeah. So I think, I think GTA Six and Elder Scrolls Six just recently got announced that they're in development. I mean, granted, they might have already been in development for a while, but it's like, well, yeah, yeah I, I kind of thought so. By now, I was hoping by now. <laughs> well, you also have like you know Elden Ring. Elden Ring was a huge release. Mm-hmm. That game is it's. Um, I mean, it's like Skyrim. It's it's well. It's, I think it looks bigger than Skyrim, which is saying something. Yeah, and visually st- impressive game. There's still stuff in there that's unfinished. Yeah. It's like how much do you need? You know what? It's it's like make a game. It like split this game up. You know. Yeah, make a trilogy I, I, or a sequel to it or a prequel to it or something. Yeah, I just feel like Elden Ring, the way it was, it's like, my God, this game could be three or four games. Like, why does it have to be quite this big? Now, I granted, think, I'm not knocking. I know people love that, but it's like, you know, when you when you set these expectations, man, eventually you're not going to be able to meet them. Yeah, and I think that really causes a barrier to entry for a lot of people, too. I mean, obviously there's a demographic of people who are going to commit a lot of time to gaming i used to be one of those people but the fabled hundred hour video game to me right now i mean that it basically guarantees i'm not going to buy it because i know i'll never Mm -hmm. finish it and it's a waste of money i can't even contemplate like starting skyrim over again or finish i've only played like half of elden ring and that was one i really anticipated Mm. i just and now I'd have to start over to really get back into it. So yeah. I really don't see finishing that. I've been listening to a lot of just kind of retrospective and commentary of some of the old games we played growing up, like Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, God of War, all that. And, you know, there's something about a good, tight, well written 15 hour game, 10 to 15 hour game. And I think that's something that's just a dying art. You know, you have games like It Takes Two or uh, A Way Out, I think, was another game from the same developer, both co-op-based, just story-based games that, you know, take about 10, 15 hours, and they're really well-received, but no one seems to want to make those kind of games anymore. Yeah. I don't know, man, but all I know is this is not a video game podcast. It's not. So anyway, how was your week? <laughs> not too smooth bad. transitions. <laughs> not too bad, just brooding over video games and whatnot. And <laughs> no, pretty uh pretty, pretty uneventful. I uh I gave myself permission this weekend to do literally nothing. I got my schoolwork all done last week early, kinda got ahead and I just sat around and did next to nothing all weekend. Had a few drinks and played some retro genesis games with 
some family on her side. They had built like one of those little retro pie uh, gaming emulators. So I played mm. some lethal enforcers without gun cons and <laughs> all kinds of stuff we grew up playing. But yeah, other than that, not a whole lot going on this week so far. What about you? Um, yeah, not, not a ton either. Uh, just, you know, pretty standard ish, uh, work week. Um, yeah, (laughs) nothing, nothing, uh, nothing major, nothing major to talk about. I don't think, I don't even think really didn't do much this weekend. Girlfriend was sick. Um, so yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty chill weekend, um, and then yeah, past couple days, not uh, yeah, not a ton, not a ton, not a ton, um, just doing stuff, and it's uh, it's restaurant week. Um, I think this week is restaurant restaurant week. It's twice a year. And uh, I don't remember if it, if it extends through next week or just the weekend. Anyway, so we're going to a, um, a Brazilian steakhouse. That would be good. Downtown. And, yeah, it's uh, one of the – I think a lot of people, it's the better, best one of the kind of two main ones that are, that are in town. So we're going to go uh, have a meat coma. Awesome. <laughs> and then yeah, that's really about it. <laughs> That'd be a good time. It should be. Right on, right on. Yeah, it should be pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, oh. so for any of those that actually want to take the time to look through Wikipedia for this book, I was just kind of scrolling through the alternate uh art for the book, just the cover gallery. There's a there's a poster that came with the Japanese releases of the uh, book, I, I kind of like the Japanese release better because it's got a full-sized Voxen on the cover. It's actually mm. pretty awesome. Nice. Got uh, Anakin with his purple saber. I might have to try and download this poster and see what I can do with that. It'd be pretty cool. Wow. I need Ill- more art and posters. Illegally downloading. Got it. Uh, it's I from see. Wikipedia. It's mm-hmm. definitely not illegal mm-hmm. at all. Right, right. It's on the internet. It's allowed. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, you, you want to know my new, like, not obsession, but thing that I that I want to get into now? Because no. I've, no. I watched it on YouTube because it was no. suggested for me. I'm easily influenced. Don't do it. You'll spend money. Oh, I guaranteed. So <laughs> so I, uh, I was flicking through, and... Um, you ever seen those videos where they service automatic watches? Mm-mm. No. So they take a take it apart and they clean it and they put it back together and you see all the stuff move. Right. So I've never been much of a watch person. I've never been a jewelry person. Um, I did have a mechanical watch at one point, you know, automatic, mm-hmm. no battery. And uh, years ago... <clears throat> but I barely ever wore it and I sold it. So I see this YouTube channel. It's like Nico Lennard. He's like a dude from Amsterdam who has like a watch, like a jewelry store in 
mm-hmm. in Belfast, Ireland. And just yells at people's watches on YouTube. He's like <laughs> Gordon Ramsay, but for watches. <laughs> and so I've been watching a lot of this. No pun intended. Anyway, watches, watching. Um, <laughs> crickets, got it. Uh but uh, yeah, I was like, dude, I want a watch. I want like a nice mechanical watch now. <laughs> totally looking him up. I'm gonna. It's hilarious. Get into I, this, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it, but it is it is kind of entertaining, and he's like really knowledgeable about watches too, like high end watches and so forth. And I'm not like one of those people who can afford to buy high end watches, like. You know, you're not going to see me with a Rolex or anything like that or, you know, an AP or any of those. Why not? It's an investment. It's an investment. Well, sometimes it can be, though. (laughs) That's the thing. It just all depends on if you know what you're talking about and you get it at a good price. But I've looked at, like... I promise it's an investment that you're carrying around at all times and uh, potentially damaging. That's the only thing that gets me. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's cool because I love the mechanical aspect of it. And have you ever seen the boxes you buy to, like, keep them in motion so they're always working because the whole no. thing is is they they work with motion right. so it when they stop moving eventually it runs out of juice and it stops running right so they have watch boxes that move them really yeah so they, they just move them around so they never lose power it's like a like classic cars they put them on those trickle chargers mm-hmm. same thing it's just for watches i was like huh. well that's that's freaking sweet. So that is I, pretty cool. So I've eyed out a, um, I've eyed out a couple of them, like in you know lower price points. Hamilton, Hamilton was an American company at one point. Now they're in Switzerland, but a lot of their stuff is like you know five thousand or five thousand five hundred to like thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've looked at one of those. It's like oh, that's pretty sexy. Um, you know, Seiko, Seiko's Japanese company. I think they're Japanese, pretty sure they're Japanese company, but they make some really nice stuff. There's obviously like grand Seiko, which is like their fancy fancies, but Mm -hmm. Hey, you never know, man. Start a watch collection. It'll be fun. (sighs) I'm going to regret looking at this channel. Dude, You're going to regret it next week. You're going to be like, so when are we watch shop? When are we going watch (laughs) shopping? But, you know, the wildest thing is you can't just go into a store and just be like, hey, I want to buy a Rolex. You just can't do it. That's not a thing anymore? No, you you can't. It's, like, legitimately one of those deals where you, like, you go in, it's like, I want to buy a Rolex. Well, no. But, like, if you buy some stuff, then, you know, maybe when we get one in, we'll let you know. Oh, so it's that hard to get one. Well, apparently they're, they're, like, serving out, like, a million a million Rolexes a year and it doesn't even peak the demand. Like the demand's so high that they can't. So make they're artificially enough. keeping. No, they're, they're trying, they're literally no, they trying to make as much. It. <laughs> it seems like they're trying to make as much as they can. They just can't make enough. Like people are just snapping them up, snapping them up. Wow. I would love a Rolex. I think there's still, it might sound corny, but I still think that there's something about just owning like one Rolex. It just, it sounds like a good thing to do. I don't yeah. know why. I can't quantify it, but it just seems like a like a sign well, that kind you of made it to a certain thing. thing. Yeah, right. it's yeah. an affectation. It's fine. It's not to like put worth on it. It's just, hey, I was able to do this, and it didn't like break the bank for me. So I can be proud yeah. about that. 
So anyway, at some point I'll probably wind up with, you know, something on the lower end just to say I have a, a mechanical watch and one of those fancy windy watch boxes and then you'll have to get one and then, you know, and then we'll just be Rolexing it in a few years. It'll be great. Then we can take the boxes on little play dates. They can hang out together. And... <laughs> we can show each other our watch collections. It'll be fun. So, so I, I really like this watch because of the bracelet attached to it. It's this type of chain link. It's really nice. <laughs> the watch box is $5,000. It's custom built yeah, in you, Sweden. Yeah, you, 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 you text me when you start watching some of this dude's videos. <laughs> and uh yeah and tell me what you think it'll be yeah, I, I, i'm gonna need a report next week on nico lenard and his freaking watch youtube channel it's fun i'm gonna st- i'm gonna start with his uh his react video to famous movie scenes with watches in them he, he's <laughs> he's he's like blasted a lot of like tiktokers with their fake watch you remember those island boys yeah those those yeah. idiots and their fake crap like he hates blinged out watches because i mean the the thing is they're they're loaded with diamonds but they're crap diamonds it's like every diamond of quality should have a certification certificate with it but if it doesn't then it means it wasn't worth it and those diamonds are trash diamonds or they should have been sent to industrial use you know what i mean right so not every diamond's like a high class diamond and most of those people they're they basically just ruin the watch so (laughs) It's fun stuff. All right, so 25 minutes in, we've talked about nothing. It's a three-hour book. I think we can get it in in time. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, that one guy years ago that complained on, like, the YouTube channel. 20 <laughs> minutes and no Star Wars. That poor guy. We really upset him, so. I wonder if he's still mad at us, still no. watching, still disappointed. He probably reported us. It's fine. Blocked us. <laughs> All right, folks, False let's go advertisement. Ahead. He does not talk about Star Wars for the first 20 minutes that's true all right let's get into this book so star by star troy denning and uh i wanted to read something here that i thought was funny when he was uh effectively going to write this book so i'm gonna i'm gonna read this this was uh, from 2014 at the time we were negotiating this vector prime still hadn't quite come out so i finally get the contract and a couple weeks after that I get the story Bible and I see that my friend Bob uh, Salvatore is writing Vector Prime. And I'd been going through the plot uh, point for all 21. It was 21 books at the time. Uh, we obviously know that some of those got canceled out. Going through the prop, plot points and I get to it re- re- where it reads Chewbacca dies. So he calls him up. Oh my God, you killed Chewbacca. You son of a, <laughs> oh, you killed him. And then, uh, and then uh, Salvatore's like, you haven't uh, finished reading the story Bible, have you? So I go back and read the story Bible, and I saw that for me, it was Anakin. It's quite a shock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing is, is, like, we haven't really talked about this, but this series was planned out. Kind of makes you wonder if the story Bible's a thing anymore. <laughs> uh, I mean, Especially I'm sure that they for... do something like that, but... Maybe not quite the way they did it then. High Republic needs that. (laughs) High Republic. High Republic. Let's not talk about that right now. But uh, but yeah, anyway, I I just thought it was kind of interesting, um, the the back and forth. It's it's a cool little tidbit 
But um, this series was was pre-written, which is good. And, and that's the thing. A lot of people look at Legends and they say it was the Wild Wild West. But the thing is, a lot of these series mm. were actually planned out. Like, it wasn't just, like, somebody bouncing off of the next person. They were planned. So it wasn't quite Wild Wild West. It just wasn't technically authorized by anybody in general. Right. I mean, yes, you could say between one trilogy and another or, you know, Saga or at this point, you know, 17 books. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there were, there was some definite continuity issues and they didn't really consider each other as much. But my God, what other medium has the volume of books to it that Star Wars does? It is kind of a yeah. pioneer in some way. And that, that even if, you know, George was actually approving everything reading through everything, trying to check for any problems himself, that would still be a huge undertaking. Yeah. And there's just something about, if you can get past the continuity issues, it's something special that you just don't get from anything else. And I never minded it, personally. Yeah. also want to read this as well. And this is just coming from the, from the Wikipedia page. I just find it to be interesting, because these are things that, I probably knew at one time, but didn't really know or didn't really remember. So 97, 98, this sort of series was starting to become planned. And initially, and this was effectively like a concept from George Lucas, this series was supposed to kind of revolve around Anakin and he would be corrupted by a, a dark side villain. Female, really? female villain. Oh, woman. And then that would lead to a confrontation with Jason and Jaina. And mm -hmm. Jason would then be killed. And this would also be a conflict with the Sith species. Not really? Sith, but the species of the Sith that mm -hmm. we learn about in the Old Republic books, like Revan. So, Interesting. I'm not going to lie, that would have been pretty sick in a way. Personally, yeah. I actually think that this series should have revolved more around Anakin. And I think that in a way, they made a huge mistake in this book. And just, you know, I mean, we're already spoilers, you know, getting in there. This book sacrifices Anakin. One of the biggest things that ever happens in this series yes quite early on too but what about <laughs> chewbacca look we all I don't love care Chewie. nearly as much about Chewie as i did anakin i am sorry but i said it <laughs> well anakin is is really he's he's really quite op mm -hmm. even the way he goes out in this book is is pretty intense in and of itself but they went beyond and then conceptualized this story to effectively make more of the primary character Jason, mm -hmm. which of course yeah. then kind of changes up as well and transfers more to Jaina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they even kind of tease a potential storyline that never comes to be in the form of, you know, Jaina using dark side powers by the end of this book. So, I mean, they definitely, this was. Right before Fork in the Road, you can tell in story writing, I think, uh, even up to the point of concept conceptualization, because 
I mean, they could have gone any direction with this up to the point where they killed him and even after. Yeah, and there's points in the story which make it such a an interesting, as you basically said, fork in the road for the series as a whole, which is why right now is where I really start getting interested in the series. So there are a couple of really big things that happen here. Obviously, Anakin's probably the biggest, but... I guess we just sort of start from the beginning where we have our two uh, Twi'lek sisters who are being chased down by the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, and we we meet this creature, the Voxen. Voxen, right? Mm-hmm. That's how they pronounced it in the book. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So the Voxen is effectively like a Jedi hunter and has killing goo. Isn't the Voxen uh, such a more interesting enemy than the, the High Republic the beast leveler, thing? The the great the great level leveler. Why'd you even remember that? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember anything. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you're right. It's it's. It's definitely interesting because it's it's gruesome. It's pretty yeah. gruesome. It just doesn't turn you to stone. It burns you with, like, acid. Yeah, the one thing <laughs> that a lightsaber really can't defend against. <laughs> it burns you with acid. Spread, spread of a, the only thing that would be better is if it just breathe fire. <laughs> Boy. But it's designed by the Yuuzhan Vong to specifically hunt and kill Jedi. It's a very interesting creature. You kind of wonder if the leveler might not have taken some uh, inspiration, perhaps, uh, from this creature. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing. You throw it at the beginning of the book. One of the sisters is killed. The other one escapes. And we kind of start start into the meat of, of this. And, and really, the the primary motivation is we gots to kill the queen because mm-hmm. this thing is nuts, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah go ahead. I would say we don't even really deal with a lot of them throughout the book. It's, it's almost no. the lack. It's the lack of fighting them that makes them more terrifying in a way. Yep. And it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's a cloned species. We only have one in this universe. Actually, it says the average lifespan of them is only like three months mm-hmm. in our universe. Well, that's the funny thing is like as much as the Yuz and Vong like do all this non-technological creature-based society, most of their stuff doesn't live very long. Like their ships and their world ship, because that was a big issue from the last book. Is their world ships were starting to deteriorate. Yeah, brains are just rotting away, basically. Yeah, these things aren't built for longevity, and it's like, what would make you finally start to like question your religion? Maybe right. that all of your stuff sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't live very long, and I, and I will say this too, and this is where I'm like Troy. My dude, he kind of made the Yuuzhan Vong a little less OP than they've been. Like, yeah. my God, how how tough was it throughout the first half of the series to kill one Yuuzhan Vong? And now we're like, 
uh, yeah, I just blasted a hole that using Vogg's head. And I, apparently I'm going in my Alex Jones voice, just blasted holes and he's using Vong's head and they're just dying all over the place. The Jedi are totally taking him out. Yeah, it's like, you know that armor that kind of sucked <laughs> for like three books? Yeah. yeah, we don't care about that anymore. No, we don't care one little We bit. mention it, but it's like we mention how there's a hole in it along with the Houston Falls. Seriously, one. dude. This it's, one it, has a fist size hole. Well, this one has a crater <laughs> through his chest. <laughs> no, seriously. It's it's crazy that um yeah, we we just boom these things up so big and then now we're like yeah, we can like kill them with like a like a blaster, man. Yeah. Or we're just like slitting throats like right and left and seriously. they're falling on our lightsabers and stuff. It, I don't know. It, it's kind of cool. I kind of like it personally because, mm-hmm. you know, overly OP enemies, it, it's not quite the thing. And I, and I will say this, like, they do steadily get weaker throughout the series, the Yuzen Vong. Yeah. And Anakin is basically like the ultimate Yuzen Vong killing machine, so. Well, we we saw his connection. He had one of their little um, crystal. Lambic crystal. Yeah, lambic crystals and his lightsaber, like. Anakin has connected in a in a weird way to the Yuuzhan Vong in a way that no other Jedi has, and have we really exploited that much? Not really, and we're not going to either. But yeah, it could have been could have been big. So anyway, we are going to try and kill this queen, the queen of the Voxen, and uh, we enlist Lando. Lando's here. Old scoundrel. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Leia, Han, Luke, they all make appearances, but they're they're very minor parts of these books. You know, we had our Han book, uh, a couple of Han books, Leia books, uh, Luke, obviously, Luke and Mara. They're very much in the background of this book. This book is definitely more the solo kids. Um, yeah, Mara gets mentioned. It's like, yep, she's got a baby, and she's not yeah. in this book. She got a baby. <laughs> she smells like talc. Oh, God. And she's not going to be in this book. <laughs> they really aren't. And and you know what? That's okay. Like, I am okay with that. Because, like, sometimes it's nice to just flip it. And I, I, I'm a Jaina. Uh, what are they? Not a simp. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I always like have liked Jaina. Like, I love the character. Very nuanced character, as we see more in the end of this book. Jason is always kind of a little annoying, but like Anakin's mm-hmm. great. So to get more of these, you know, these wonder kids is is just pretty fantastic. So we get this plan coming together <clears throat> that Anakin proposes, by the way, to go and effectively call the Usadvong's bluff. Because before this, we do get Naminor, who, under sort of a flag of truce, comes over and says, hey, we're going to kill this planet's people. Like, And we almost throw him out of an airlock. That would have been hilarious, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, we're going to kill all these people if you don't, like, give up all the Jedi. The Jedi. It's like, learn how to say it right, guys. Um, and so we, we get to see some anger from Leia. We get to see Han just doing Han things. He's he is honestly one of the most consistent characters. Absolutely, he's the same dude. Yeah, <laughs> you you can always guess what him and Lando are gonna do. Hundred percent. Really, no question. And I do love how like this is just 
audible specific, but we get a little uh, Vader music when Leia's threatening to send mm. him out the airlock. You know, that's <laughs> actually something that we probably should talk about more. The which we do, I guess, the production of the mm-hmm. actual audiobook. I think they did a really nice job in this. Um, yeah. despite it being abridged, the sound effects and the music usage I thought was really good. Yeah, we get like some random screaming at the beginning with the Vox in and <laughs> yeah. some like kind of cringy but still like horror aspects for it and it's mm-hmm. very well done. The music's always great, but I think this one they put a little F extra effort into like they knew how important the book was yeah very true so after the nominor confrontation we we're we're gonna call their bluff we're gonna go into their trap we're gonna allow ourselves to be um caught so this strike team consists of anakin jaina jason uh we've got uh alma lobaka uh, oh my God! I shouldn't be trying to read all these names. Why didn't you stop me? <laughs> Tanil Code uh, Tahiri's back. Uh, Ganner's back. Huh? Old Suzuki. Yeah. I mean Tahiri. Yeah. <laughs> some some person named Taser. I'm sure that it's Tasir or something like that. Uh, Krosov. Uh, we we've got uh, we've got the the Russian contingent. Uh, Belahara. Uh, Ulaha core. Ulaha. Okay, I'm done. I don't want to read any more of these names. They suck. Um, but we have a we have a pretty stout contingent of Jedi here that are going to um, execute this plan. With Lando basically acting as an in quotations traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are captured. There's a lot of fighting. Um they're captured, there's fighting, they're captured, there's fighting, and then there's And fighting. then everybody dies. <laughs> I don't remember every, you know, everyone who died here, but most people did. Yeah. <laughs> most of them did. Well, we did um, get the warning at the beginning of the book that the casualty rate will be like, I don't know, 90% or something. It's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. Um, but anyway, so as we get finally do get onto the planet, uh, we actually encounter some dark Jedi, mm-hmm. Lomi Plo and Welk, who were members of the um, Shadow Academy, which I've never read about the Shadow Academy, but that's something we might want to explore later if we want a little bit more of because uh, I believe that was was it Jay. It's a Jaina and Jason story. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Lobaka was also captured yes. at that point. Yep. Yeah, they name like five or six Jedi that are captured. Lobaka was one of them. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I'm very interested in reading that book. I we'll have we to we'll have to do more of that. And then even then the like the Shadow Academy's um attack on Yavin Four and, and mm-hmm. how that was driven off and that that's something We'll look at, at at another time, but I, I definitely think um, I definitely think that it was uh, it was an interesting part of Legends lore, and yeah, we'll we'll do some more on that later. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we find these two dark. Jedi, which I don't know. Did they ever explain why they're there or they're no. just there? 
No, nope, that must have been one of the things cut out with the approaching. I don't think it was. I don't think it was in in general, because uh, even in the in the summary that I'm reading, I don't really even see that it was um, necessarily explained. It could have been. I just I might be misremembering. But anyway, <laughs> they agree to assist, and, and <laughs> you, the uh, the the killing technique from Lomi, this um, force net thing that just cubed. <laughs> The uh, the shaper that was uh, that was an interesting yeah. uh, force kind of made ability. Made me think of uh, the original Resident Evil movie when they're in the little oh, hallway. God. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, yeah, that's right. Interesting. So these two, though, they're not obviously really to be trusted, and they kind of do go off on their own as well once they realize that the Jedi don't have an escape plan. Yeah, they like kidnap Lobaka at one point and yep. he somehow gets back. I don't think that's really explained that well either. Yeah, well, again, that it is what it is. Um so there there, there is a lot of fighting and and really the the climax here I think for a lot of people is going to be Anakin kind of holding off the storm for a bit, really drawing on all the force energy that he can. Um I think it was interesting when they described some of the sensations he was feeling almost that he was being devoured by the force. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Becoming and, one without just dying instantly. Essentially. Yeah. And think about that. You know, Obi-Wan had to learn for years. Uh, Qui-Gon, Yoda, they all had to learn for years. I mean, Anakin Skywalker, you know, <laughs> just OP of course, but <laughs> His namesake, Anakin Solo, through battle, through pain, through suffering, trying to protect his friends and his family, yeah, becomes one with the Force. I mean, I don't think that there's anything about, like, Anakin Force Ghost or anything like that, but there's something special about this kid. And it kind of sucks that they killed him. I think they almost wrote themselves into a corner with how powerful he was. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really give away anything moving forward, but I think you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that certain uh, enemies would have been very difficult for him to deal with, honestly, unless it would have just been a conflict of interest. Sure. So, Well, one of the big things here is that, like, in the in the battle the Jedi weren't even really using their sabers much. It was a lot of like blasters and their, their rifles and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I found interesting, but they were just carving the Yuuzhan Vong up. I mean, really it seems like a lot of why the Yuuzhan Vong were o- able to overtake him is it just had numbers. Yeah. I mean, and what it took for them to finally for Anakin to have to give up like he did and sacrifice himself. I think it said in the book, it was like, 50 or 60 of them just pile into the room. <laughs> yeah. And he still manages to take out the majority of them in the process. Exactly. Exactly. I so, mean, this is like Luke levels of force ability. hundred percent. And he didn't turn to his hate. He didn't turn to the dark side either for, for any of this energy, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about here in a second. Um, so after Anakin is unfortunately killed, Jason is kind of in charge and he goes off after the Vox and Queen. Has a little bit of trouble killing mm-hmm. this thing. 
finally is able to to do that with the help of what were we calling the bird lady? Vajiri? Vajiri? Vajir? Something like that. I don't know. I can't remember exactly how they pronounce that name. Yeah, I'm try I think I'm trying to be like Tajiri. No, no, no. Vajiri, <laughs> something like that. Vajir. Um I we have established that it is force sensitive. And as we look through some of the history of the character, um, their species, their species is Frosh, maybe F O S H Frosh, Frosh, was a female Jedi Knight turned Sith in the waning years of the galactic, the galactic, the galactic Republic. Former Padawan to Jedi Master Theresa Chow Lim. And really? disappeared, finding the Yuzen Vong on Zumana Sekot and secretly living with them for half a century. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. So, Master Th- Theresa Chow Lim. Good relationship with Jedi Council member Mace Windu. Interesting. So, yeah, we're talking quite a jump. So we're talking about, you know, the wane of the, you know, just the Galactic Republic before the Empire took over. Yeah. Fantastic. Interesting. Very interesting. Huh. Did not. Yeah. (laughs) That's some deep stuff. I mean, you know, again, like, folks, we we love getting to the details, but sure as heck aren't going to remember all this. So Jiri effectively captures Jason towards the end of this. Jason's hurt anyway. Mm-hmm. And this kind of turns some stuffs. Yeah. That we're not going to talk about now. But we will. Very soon. In, in about two months. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really a secret that Jason eventually turns to the dark side. That's not a secret. Mm-hmm. Well, it might have been a secret to some of you. <laughs> he turns. Well, you had twenty years. So. Yeah. <laughs> I did. We've talked about it a couple times, but I think that like part of the interesting thing about Jason is he's he's very conscious of everything, but he is incapable, incapable of making a decision at times. And whereas Anakin was very much like Anakin Skywalker, Jaina is, I would almost categorize Jaina as more like Luke in a way. Maybe that's why I like her. Cause she's a little bit more like, like Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason is very much, How would I categorize Jason? Because Jason has hangups. He's almost a pacifist. Mm -hmm. Because there's there's portions in here where he's saying, so why should the Jedi potentially risk an entire planet? Because he was effectively advocating for the Jedi to surrender. 
which would mean their death. And then what's to stop the Yuz and Vong from destroying the planet that they threaten to destroy anyway? What would they care? They're here for war, man. Some of his hangups are just a bit ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. And I, we, I haven't really read much else of the twins, so I don't know where he's coming from with this. Maybe it's explained more in some of the other books. But it almost feels way too forced, if that makes sense. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it, it's not a matter of development. It's just pushing someone into a character role for no real good reason. And even the first book, I mean, he doesn't seem this hell-bent on not going to war. It just kind of spirals for no reason. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. It, it's it's very tough to categorize Jason. I, he's just conflicted. He's a, he's a teenager, you know, and I don't know. I I, I yeah. will say this just from a writing standpoint. From a writing standpoint, it the the writing of some of these characters does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like they had a plan and they stuck to it. I can respect that. Yeah. Yeah, I can to an extent. Uh, <laughs> it's ironic how he turns out after having this kind of mindset, though. <laughs> Quite ironic. A lot of conflict. So, anyway, Jason is captured. Um,. Jaina is forced to leave her twin behind. Um, and effectively, that's where we're at there now. She And at this point, she was the one that actually blamed uh, Jason for abandoning Anakin, Anakin. which yep. isn't, I feel, necessarily warranted. Um, it's kind of clear at that point there wasn't much of a choice, although the three of them together realistically probably could have fought off the Yuzen Vong. Probably. Based on, you know, how they were doing and if Anakin would have been able to do their little uh, force link. Yeah. I think they probably could have handled the situation. Um, so, hard to say if it was an intentional thing, leaving behind maybe a little inkling towards the dark side already pulling up inside him. Hard yep. to say. But uh, we do get... We do get some uh, very angry using uh, Vong kills from Jaina in the process, using Force Lightning to basically blow up one of the using Vong. Yeah, and th- this is where this is where Jaina, you know, she touches the dark side here, attempting to go effectively rescue Anakin's body. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she. I wouldn't necessarily say loses control. She just gives in to her anger. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Force Lightning's Musen Vong definitely is uh, not unhappy about killing these these things. <laughs> yeah. Also, just real quick, there were a couple times where we talked about, like, Force taking amp staffs and uh, like using the force against the Yuzen Vong, mm-hmm. which I think is funny 
because we've continually said all the yous and vong are you, uh, they're not under force. You can't see them. But um, starting to blur the lines there. I'm fine with it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Totally okay. At what point does everyone just kind of learn to deal with it? I mean, Luke did on like the third book. Very true. <laughs> In a pretty spectacular way. So, well, Anakin, Anakin learned as well when he, mm-hmm. you know, connected with the crystal. You know, Lamet crystal. Yep. He sees them in the force just in a different way. So, yep. all right, let's go to the climactic ending on Coruscant. Hey, remember Vicky Sheesh? Sheesh? This isn't even in the abridged portion. Of the that, and that's the funny Super thing. Annoying. So, yeah, if you guys do get the Audible book, you are going to miss a really important thing at the end. And we've never had this issue. Most of the abridged versions have been pretty good. This is a glaring oversight and a, and a pretty bad cut. You could have I added agree. easily another 15 minutes and just would have gotten this. It would have been totally fine. So I'm personally not crazy happy about that, but yeah, and it's odd because typically we do get four chapters in the abridged books, yeah. but it's usually three and a half hours. And this would have perfectly rounded that up to the typical time frame. Cause yep. like I said, it's about a three hour book. It's a little shorter than usual. I don't understand why they did this. Yeah. And there are parts of this that were in there like uh Leia uh, feeling Anakin's passing through the force. Mm-hmm. But um, at this point, the Yuuzhan Vong are invading Coruscant. Yep. Um, Coruscant does fall to the Yuuzhan Vong, but we get a little bit here with, with old Vicky who I'm was our traitor. Steal. Trying to steal a baby. Yeah, trying to baby nap old Ben, Ben Skywalker, not Solo, uh, for the War Master. And uh, that's, you know, thwarted by Leia. But Vicky does escape. Um, Luke and Mara get shot down during the battle, but mm-hmm. are saved. And probably one of the more cool things here. <laughs> Hey, remember old Borsk, the the Bothan yeah. chief of state? The, the fails? Yeah, he actually does something kind of cool. Yeah, sacrifices himself, Anakin style. Uh, pretty hardcore, uh, you know, kills uh, quite a number. Uh, it says here 25,000 using Vong. Yeah. Um, it's thought that Southern Law was actually amongst them. Of course, we find out that... That's uh, what he thinks, yeah. He was privy to this and uh, stayed back Yep, from the invasion. But, uh, yeah, Borst goes out in his blaze of glory, which, you know, credit to him. Mm-hmm. We haven't been too happy with him throughout the book series, but he does attempt to do, you know, what he thinks is the right thing. But Coruscant falls. This actually leads to some interesting stuff later on when Coruscant's retaken, mm-hmm. which we'll maybe talk about down the road. There's actually some vivid memories of reading some of the books when they finally go back to Coruscant because they get into things that should have never been gotten into, but <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, anyway, the Solos, the Skywalkers, and their friends escape, and, um, you know, capital's lost, and we're kind of on the ropes a bit. And the Yuuzhan Vong really seemed like they were on the ropes, but they executed this plan, and, and there you go. Kind of funny how we were just talking about how 
they don't seem as OP, and then this happens halfway through the book where they <laughs> make them <laughs> seem more easily defeated. Correct. Very true. So there we go, star by star. What else we got to talk about? What was your favorite part of this book? Favorite part, even though it's a very sad part, is uh, getting to see Anakin fight as a true being in the Force, you know? Mm-hmm. Seeing his potential, it's very bittersweet to see him basically rise to the potential of his namesake. Uh, kind of get a glimpse into what Anakin could have done if he had not turned to the dark side. Yep. Skywalker blood. It's always strong. Blood. Yes, blood. All that glorious Skywalker blood. Although, I know you're... I, I'm a little bit more okay with kind of the more visceral stuff in some books and media, but it does get a little gruesome when they kind of mention his body in this book. I wasn't really a fan yeah. of that part, <laughs> personally. I don't know. But other than that, I thought that was a very good part of this book. Um, is a cool end to Anakin as a character. Yeah, decent send-off, although gruesome. Mm-hmm. What do you think, man? Ratings? Ratings out of five? Out of five whole s- s- stars. It's been pretty good at uh, keeping up with actual book reviews for it, even though I'm totally not looking up average reviews beforehand at all. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. But uh, uh, this is one of my favorite books in the series. It's probably... Can't think of the name of it, but there might be one book that I like more than this one. Uh, but this is definitely up there in my list, so I'm gonna score accordingly. Uh, it's very, very short story. Obviously, it's abridged, but still, even for that, it's a very uh, bite-sized story. Although pretty well done, I enjoyed the writing. Didn't have any issues with that at all. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a four point five. No, oh, well. Yeah. Okay. So the average rating on Goodreads right now is 3.96. I wonder why. (laughs) 3.96. A lot of people are uh, long, too long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too long. You know, over 600 pages just uh, being long. Um, I wonder if that's why they cut it down so much when they abridged it. Yeah, a couple people are complaining about there's too much action, and it's it's grim. It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're uh, okay. You are right. Yeah, again, book's too long. I knew where the book was heading the entire time. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. 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 Um. Yeah, no, nothing really crazy here. Most people just complain that it's that it's long. So I would say you have to, when you're in an intergalactic war, <laughs> you have to have ups and downs. Like you do. And I thought that the book was written pretty well. It's not my favorite book in the series. I, I'm pretty sure, because I haven't really read these like, a, I mean, Recently, so as we go through these, it's almost like kind of like almost a new reading in a way. Mm-hmm. 
I remember Dark Journey being one of my favorites, which I think is our next one. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think it was bad. It is, it is a longer book for sure. And it is pretty action packed, but I don't really think that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I think you got some pretty epic stuff in here. You stepped away from your, your main characters and you got more into the kids who are of course also main characters, but um, it's it's just funny to see people complaining about like overriding like, oh I don't want detail. What is this a Lord of the Rings book? <laughs> you know, and, and people Someone talk, really said that. No, I'm just making that no. up. But somebody did okay. say it was you know overwritten. Um, it's just it's just kind of funny. It's like people want table reads like light books and stuff. It's like that's <sighs> not what these books are. Oh, my God. There's somebody who left us a three-star review, and I'm going to read this, too. Okay, I really didn't read it, but read the summary on different sites along with reviews, and it sounded like it was pretty good. It was supposed to be at the library, but someone lost the book, and I'm not buying it to read. You <laughs> absolute jerk-off. Like, you should wow. never... It's like that's somebody who just wanted to get their Goodreads score up, jerk. He doesn't even have a profile picture. Get out of here, man. What a dummy. That's mean. That's really mean, and I should cut that out, but I'm not going to. But it does sound a lot like shaming, but it is pretty dumb. Um, oh, my God. This is hilarious. I wish I I could probably share a screen, but I'm not going to. There's a meme of Troy Denning, and it's just he's pointing up, laughing. He's like laughs in dead solo. <laughs> oh, the salty tears of dead solos anyway um but on to rating like i enjoyed the book i thought it was i thought it was good it's 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 a great old overall read it is long it's just longer it's longer but i like long things uh don't don't uh you just pause and don't <laughs> overthink that one um but uh i'm not gonna go as high as you are i i think it's i don't necessarily think it's four or five territory but I, I was uh, thinking more in the realm of like a 4.3. So relatively mm -hmm. close, above a 4. 4.3 is what I'm going to put it at. Good book and really gets into the, the, the back half of the story and really starts to pick up from here. So this is really the starting line for me for New Jedi Order. Yep. Absolutely. Very good book. All right. Well, I think we're ratcheting down here, so... Anything else we need to chat about? Anything more about the book or any other stuff? You, did you watch any of those watch videos as we were supposed to be talking about this? No, I didn't. You totally won't hear that in the background of the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you put diamonds on a Patek Philippe? You know? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, okay. Well, then there we go. Um, next week... We are going to be rolling into, I think it's issues two and three of Kenobi the Obi-Wan Kenobi comic. Um, yeah. I actually went down to the comic book store to pick up like four weeks of comics this past, <laughs> what, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I uh, Obi-Wan comes out next week, uh, issue three, I think. Uh, issue two is already out, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then, boy, we're, we're riding right into our countdown to Andor. Um, what did we say? Was it Rogue One after that? Or uh, let me pull up my list. 
No, did we the Cassian and K2SO comic, Ew. Rogue One, and then Andor. So we, we're, we're not very far away. Not very far yep. away. About a month to go. There we go. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it, the ride as it comes along, and you enjoyed the book. Um, if you, I don't know, like to chat with us, uh, you know, give us your thoughts on what we're doing or the books or anything coming up or give us suggestions for future stuff coming up. Um, find us on the social medias at TC Plan Podcast, Twitter, Facebook, or uh, just, uh, you know, send us an email to tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. But that is all. So you all have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you.